brought to you by RunToGold.com, the premier source for monetary science applied to geopolitical, international, and economic financial news and events. Welcome back to the 31st episode of the RunToGold.com podcast. Hopefully this sounds a little bit better. Last night I purchased a nice headset, so I just got the most expensive one that was at Best Buy to help the economy out and uh, really help you listeners out. Well, I just got back from Texas where I was helping my young Padawan uh, defend his thesis on monetary policy. William Simpson is a bright young man who has a great interest in commodity money, constitutional money, and uh, fractional reserve banking. So it was very interesting to see him write about a 10,000-word thesis on the subject and then present it. I have my own intellectual mentor, uh, Dr. Edwin Vieira. He holds four degrees from Harvard, including a law degree, and he's admitted to practice before the United States Supreme Court and is the author of Pieces of Eight, which is the definitive legal treatise on uh, monetary jurisprudence. And about 18 months ago, I was in Washington, D.C., and had I saw Dr. Vieira uh, getting breakfast at the same hotel I was at, and so I uh, scampered right over and said, Oh, I, I know who you are. I've read your book. <laughs> and he was pretty surprised. Someone's actually read my book, because uh, his, his book's uh, very difficult reading, actually. Uh, and it's about 1,800 pages, so I think he was pretty pretty glad someone had read it. And uh, so I sat down, and we had lunch, and, and got to talking. And uh, Dr. Vieira has carried the torch about sound money for decades, while the world has continued sliding into darkness uh, in regards to these these issues. And while he was... Uh, later, he gave a presentation at the conference I was at, and, and he made a statement that just has always kind of stuck with me. He said that gold and silver are not mere commodities, but essential checks and balances in America's political machinery. And so, like a good uh, Jedi Knight who learned from his Jedi Master, I was teaching my own young Padawan, and Mr. Simpson uh, had a great presentation, laid out very logically and analytically his viewpoints and his stances, and to his six teachers, including one Keynesian economist, uh, in the conclusion of his of his thesis came a sentence that I had injected into there, and, and I even barbed the tip a little bit for him. I, and so he delivered the statement. He said, Gold and silver are not mere barbaric commodities, but essential checks and balances in America's political machinery. And it was interesting to to see the crowd's response to that one particular statement, because Mr. Simpson had been talking about the Constitution and talking about fractional reserve banking and the role that inflation plays and being able to fund these deficits and these bailouts and things like that. And at that moment, the crowd, there were several visible, ah, uh, that you could, you could hear. And so it's, it's good to see that these ideas are being transmitted and being taught to people. 
And Mr. Simpson will be around for a long time to continue uh, sharing these ideas with people. And they actually asked him to give his thesis again to the board of directors at a school. So it's going to be very interesting to see what effect this has. Uh, they use a very Keynesian uh, textbook. And he, and he, he, he's been squawking about it. And now they're thinking about changing the textbook. So you never know what effect you might have. Uh, one small person can can affect a lot of change. Decades ago, Ludwig von Mises was likewise in this situation. He and Rothbard pretty much, and Hayek, pretty much the only real free market economists out there, because we have a lot of court economists. And Ludwig von Mises, he wrote, uh, it is impossible to grasp the meaning and idea of sound money if one does not realize that it was devised as an instrument for the protection of civil liberties against despotic inroads on the part of governments. Ideologically, it belongs in the same class with political constitutions and bills of right. So, how exactly does gold and silver function in the political machinery? Well, uh, to boil it down as simply as you can, sound money protects against confiscation through inflation, which is a form of taxation without representation or due process of law. And that's really what started all the the tea parties. <laughs> they didn't want taxation without representation. They wanted due process of law. They were sick and tired of the writs of assistance, which were in effect general warrants, that allowed the British tax eaters to go in and uh, root around looking for papers and effects and documents to make sure people paid their stupid little stamp tax with their stupid little tickets that King George had issued. And so is it any wonder uh, that these tea parties are springing up all over the country? And I was at one in Dallas just on the way uh, to Mr. Simpson's home because his father had picked me up at the airport and so we got some pictures of various signs and one of my favorite pictures said the real pirates are in Washington and isn't that where they're at? They're just uh, costumed criminal gangs in government regalia and they're engaging in taxation without representation without due process, process of law they've abused our monetary system and they're fashioning despotic inroads on the part of government through the use of their fiat currency, all in an effort to bail out the banks and to, to give that wealth over to these parasites on Wall Street. And, you know, Wall Street's just full of a bunch of sociopaths, and you can't grow a conscience if you don't have one. And so how did the French deal with, with their sociopaths? Well, after John Law, who failed miserably and destroyed the entire French economy, uh, decided to make it illegal to own gold and silver and use it and actually punish it with the death penalty, uh, they implemented the death penalty with the reign of terror and drug out all the politicians and bankers and guillotined them. And so it's very interesting to see how the people will rise up against uh, these despotic inroads. And even in America, with the 1792 Coinage Act, uh, under Section 19, it provides uh, for the death penalty for government officials who are engaged in counterfeiting or embezzlement. And 
if we could only look at the Federal Reserve and the bankers and those who are engaged in this uh, counterfeiting of their little tickets uh, in order to confiscate wealth through inflation, then, you know, we might have a lot of rounding up to do. While I was in Dallas uh, at William's house after his presentation, there was a little uh, refreshment and gathering, and uh, Wayne Paul was there, who's Dr. Paul's brother. And I was talking with, with uh, Wayne, and he's a CPA and involved in the CARE case, which I highly recommend everyone go and uh, do a little bit of research on. In effect, it's a large tax uh, tax case, about $110 million, where the entrepreneur was using the legal tender uh, gold and silver coins to pay his employees. And so, you know, he'd give them $500 of gold coins, which uh, is five ounces of gold. And the IRS says, oh, no, 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 the fair market value of all that gold in in paper or digital Federal Reserve notes is about uh, $5,000. And so that's over the $600 limit. You have to report for 1099s. And he's like, no, the, under federal law, there are only $50 legal tender. And so the issue arose, and that's what the care case uh, centers on. And he was actually found guilty uh, of zero counts uh, out of 162 counts that were lodged against him by the IRS. So that was a strong blow for sound money against the establishment. At least the spineless judges haven't completely uh, lost all sense of reason. And the of course they're going on appeal the IRS is but this raises a very interesting issue because uh does the form of legal tender matter uh does it matter if you have a digital federal reserve note a paper federal reserve note a quarter which is zinc a copper penny a zinc penny a steel penny what about nickels and dimes uh, and then, of course, we have the gold and silver coins. So if you get change back at McDonald's, and like last year, pennies were worth 2.2 cents, do you have to claim that 1.2 cents on your tax return? <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's just ridiculous having this uh, dual monetary system in in America. It It just doesn't make any sense. What is a dollar? <laughs> you know, well, you got four quarters, which is a bunch of zinc, but you also have the silver dollar, and then you got the paper Federal Reserve note dollar, and yet you're supposed to report on your income tax return how much you make in terms of dollars. Well, what is a dollar? And Dr. Uh, well, not Dr. Paul, but Wayne Paul, the CPA, he actually uh, prepared two different tax returns, one in Federal Reserve note dollars and one in gold and silver dollars and asked the IRS which one he is supposed to use for his client and hasn't received anything back after about six months. So it's fun to see uh, some of these things happening. Also, the banks, they're engaged in this mark-to-market accounting, so they're just a bunch of lying uh, on their balance sheets. And that's because fiat currency loves lies. It can only really function in the shadows uh, when people aren't aware of it. Gold loves the truth. And at the end of the day, only ideas can be overcome by other ideas. Power and force are impotent against these ideas. And during the darkest of nights, Dr. Vieira carried that torch, while gold's monetary function and political role may have been forgotten to the majority of humanity. 
which is the chief cause of the world becoming such a dangerous place with all these wars and crime and and gangs? Uh, but my young Padawan's been diligently fashioning and learning how to wield his lightsaber. So he'll be uh, engaging in this battle for a while. And a lot of young people are, are involved in monetary affairs. And they, they are really mad at the Fed. And at the end of the day, truth will cleave its own way. And as China and India just called on the IMF to sell their entire gold hoard, which is only about $100 billion worth, uh, truly the gold is rising in the East. And so this system will collapse. It's just a matter of time. And hopefully everyone has their their capital and their wealth and their family and themselves safe so that they can be prepared for these things. Because we don't know exactly how long it's going to happen, and there will be a lot of fluctuations in the meantime. But we do know that, that the system is doomed to failure. The U.S. banking system, the, F- the Federal Reserve note dollar, all of it will implode. It's just a matter of time. Anyways, I recommend everyone get a copy of The Great Credit Contraction to really understand the nature and scope of this uh, economic environment that we're in and how some of the effects uh, of economic law were distorted over the past 80 years. And now we're in a different environment, so you have to be able to uh, understand why things are happening the way they're happening. And the Great Credit Contraction marches through very logically and rationally on how to do that. So recommend everyone get a copy of it. And that's been it for the 31st episode of the RunToGold.com podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the RunToGold.com podcast, the premier source for applied monetary science on the web.